Carson Quinn. Darren Pang just robbed you. You can't beat the heart of a lion and Kelly J. Roger is in alone, shooting. Pang again! What a glove save! I know one thing. He's not going to back Kelly Chase up at all. Chase will fight this thing until he's absolutely out of gas. A great play along the wall to start with, just keeping the puck in. Shattenkirk with a quick decision. Schwartz bouncing on the puck. The save of the year. The absolute save of the year. Holy jumping, what a save this is. The pucker factor down on the Chicago bench is pretty pretty high right now, let me tell you. The Blues have stuck with the plan. The push was on, and that leaves the sniper off the bar and in the net. And that is our drive to the net, and why wouldn't it be? This is Jason Pucks with Panger, only on NHLPodcast.com, a lineup media group production. Now, your hosts, Kelly Chase and Darren Pang. Welcome in, everybody. Jason Pucks with Panger, Darren Pang, I'm Kelly Chase, and we're excited about this week's show coming at you here from Scott Trade Center in our beautiful studio. And we're going to talk with our good buddy Craig Conroy this week. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the officiating and whether they should follow teams on back-to-back games. Some of the teams that are trending up and down, we're going to talk a little bit of trade with hmm. the Cassian Scrivens. And World Juniors, uh, I think we should hit on that a little bit, uh, Panger. And uh, first of all, how was your holiday? Really good holiday, Chaser. Actually, really good. Uh Went to Miami for a few days. Nice. You know, went to Miami and uh, uh, got away from it right on the beach. Um, went to, you know what, went to one of my favorite places. Did you wear your thong? I wore the leopard skin one. Leopard skin. Yeah, I, I didn't mind the leopard skin one. Um, That's my favorite I one. noticed up and down the beach that I was just with a lot of other people. We all look, <laughs> <laughs> we all look the same except that I'm 51 and <laughs> slightly out of shape. And oh, Some of them were better tanned and in way better shape, <laughs> if you know what I mean? Uh, I tried to go in the water. <laughs> the thong no, got, thong got no, smaller. No, the thong, it, it, yeah, it shrunk. The thong, is that what shrunk? <laughs> okay, that shrinkage of the thong. <laughs> but it, it was, it was, uh, it was nice. You know, where uh, hadn't been there in a while, but uh, Joe Stonecrab. Oh, yeah, hey, love that place. Hard to beat that, huh? Love that place. So you ended yeah. up down on South Beach, right in South Beach. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, we were staying on uh, right there on Collins Avenue. What was the little place we had a few pints at? Where they, the Clevelander? Where, no, not no. the Clevelander. Just down from there. Remember, we had a couple pints, and then we realized there were some cameras up, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you can watch online. They can watch and see who." Oh, it, it, that's right beside the Clevelander. Yeah, yeah, right down yeah. From yeah. Anyways, I uh, yeah. love that spot. Yeah. Anyway, so it was, it was, it's all good. You know what? Christmas is such a great time, or whatever you might celebrate, and. Uh, I think getting away from the rink a little bit is a good thing for all of us, Chaser. I mean, we even took a uh, we even took a week off from the podcast, which I, I I woke up in the middle of the night, like just seriously, I had I had uh, sweat, you know, sweat, because I was worried about the podcast. You were? Yeah, I was worried about. It. I was thinking, like, wh- what, what are people right now. what are people going to do? Are they going to be thinking, where, where's the podcast? How can we survive? <laughs> you know, because now we're we're finding that there's there's people all over the world because it's a it's a world renowned podcast. On it NHL is podcast. It's, it's rolling, and and, uh, and yeah. it should, and yeah. it should. Hey, listen, uh, there were some uh, some fun things that went on over over the Christmas break as well, and and uh, of course, you know, I, I I took some. We got our, our tweet of the week this week, and text mm. of the week was uh, our, uh, it was pretty funny, and it was and it was it was the, the prank was on me, hmm. and really? it was from Brandon Bolig. Hmm. 
And so we're going to get to that as I well. I like so that. So you're going to have to stay tuned. Oh, I like that. that. The kid, I love the kid. Yeah. But he uh, he took a great shot at me, so I thought that was hilarious. I, 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 I'll, be per- I'll be honest because we sit beside each other on the plane. We see each other. I like when somebody takes a shot at you. And they do often. I, I like to see just where you go with the shot because <laughs> i got to tell you, if, if you're going to take a shot at Kelly Chase, you better be ready for the uh, for the hornet's nest. Yeah, you, you know what? You I, never know when it's going to come back. This this one I laughed. I thought it was so good <laughs> that I actually left it alone. It was uh, The kid was... Uh, the kid was funny. He's got a good sense of humor, and uh, I've known him since he was a young man and uh, a teenager here in the, in the city playing hockey. So he was when when Calgary came to town, he took a good shot at me. It was pretty funny. Did you when you were with the Bandits and part owner of the Bandits? Yeah. Was he? Did he play on that team? No, you know, and actually he. I tried to get him to come to Springfield with our team, and he was with the Junior Blues, and then he and then he went right from there to the USHL, and uh, we had a team in Springfield at the time in Springfield, Missouri, and. Uh, it's funny, you know, Joe Vitale and him. I talked to Joe Vitale, uh, Joe, Joe Vitale's family, and I called and I said, Mr. Vitale, and, oh, that's so nice of you. So, how's your kids? And I'd say, Mr. Vitale, I just want to talk to you about uh, Joey coming up playing. You know, we own a construction company, we're in the cement business, right? And then I'd say, yeah. And he goes, yeah, he's going to run the business when he's done. So, how's the family? Kept changing the subject. I'd say, listen, your son can be a hockey player. Oh, that's so nice of you to say that now. He goes, are you going to Tony's for Christmas or, uh, you know, because our, our good friend that we share. And I kept trying to convince him that, hey, Joey needs to leave St. Louis and play some hockey somewhere. And he's just like, no, no, this is what we do. He goes, he's going to go to college. He's going to come back. He's going to run the company. That's how we do this. He's, uh, you know, and he's talking to me like that. And I was, I was like, all right, I can't, couldn't convince him. Eventually, he went on. He talked to his dad, in, and he went to the USHL as well. And, of course, now he's in the National Hockey League, and, and every Italian in St. Louis follows the kid, and it's awesome. He, you know, he's like Yogi Berra on the hill. You know, everybody knows <laughs> yeah. Joey Vitale. And they're proud of him, and they should be, and he's a great, great kid. And, and But the family, they, they would have none of talking about him leaving home early to play hockey. What, are you crazy? He's going to run the company. We have a cement company. Well, now, he, now, run now you can buy the cement now. company. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. It's pretty big. Is it? It's pretty big. But, no, that's that's uh, that's great. That's some of the young guys that were in St. Louis, that young kids. Patrick Maroon, of course, was with us, and seen his family over the holidays. And uh, I just I, I really enjoy uh, being around the rink now. Now, of course, that's going to be a great segue into the World Juniors. Because yes, it is. Because we see Al McInnes' son, Ryan, and we see uh, Matthew Kachuk on the World Junior team. Uh, Opilka couldn't play. But he was sick. Uh, the yeah. goaltender. Um, there's some. There's some really fine young athletes coming out of St. Louis that that we got to you know see skate growing up. That would come on the ice with us and and be around the locker room. And it was cra- It was quite fun uh, being around that group. Um, you know, knowing that you know Jeff Brown ha- coached a lot of them. Uh, you know, with a 97 birth year and the 90 and the 98 birth year group, holy smokes, is there a tremendous group of talent? And he turned a lot of kids into really good young young players. So, for those those of the listeners that don't know that about Brownie, uh, lived here in St. Louis for a long time after retiring from the game, coached yep. coached here with the uh, the St. Louis Bandits, which was a North American, yep. right? North American Junior Hockey League, yep. just under the USHL, right? All right. And then, uh, so the, well, the, at the time we like to compare ourselves with them, and they've fallen a right. bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At the time, you, you, right. your, your, well, we your team was so powerful, you could have beat many of their teams. Well, huh? I, th- I thought so. I yeah. thought we were as good as anybody in there. You know, there's two other guys that were locally here that uh, didn't make uh, the USA. One, one fella, Clayton Keller, was the last cut. Yeah. Real small, nifty player. Yeah. I've saw some, uh, seen some highlights. Yeah. Um, one of the trainers of the Blues, uh, Chad O'Neill. That's his. Uh, yeah, that's no, his cousin. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. And the other kid, Luke Cunning. 
He was a good player. I was cunning, I was really uh, surprised. Luke huh? Martin, Trent, Trent Frederick, all of those kids yeah. had opportunities. Uh, you know, Clayton, I'm sure, will be on the team next year. Um, yeah. Now they had Logan Brown, Jeff's son, uh, uh, playing at the Canada camp in the summertime as well. Uh-huh. And he was a kid that probably would have made the U.S. team. Uh, now the U.S. team, in my opinion, is the strongest team in this tournament. Oh, they are. And and, and no I question. think you know what really helped them, in my opinion, what's going to help them is the loss to Sweden. They outplayed Sweden and deserved a better fate. Yeah. But the loss prepares them mentally to know that no matter how good you are, it's still a one-game tournament and you got to win it. Yeah. So because this is the round robin right, right. now, as we right. speak right now, we're not yeah. in elimination no, games no. yet. So right. It, so I think it's good to. You're right. I think it's good to the play well and learned. lose. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and I and and now. You know, you got can In my opinion, the top teams, the U.S. This the, the next top team is Canada. Uh, then I'm. I mean, I love the Russians and that, but I still think that the that the Swedes are the next best team. Yeah. Especially if both the Nylanders are healthy and uh, William, you know, isn't playing. Yeah. Uh, he was injured with a with a huge hit uh, in the first in the first game, and and so and who would have thought the Swiss were going to be bullies? The Swiss had three five minute majors in the first game. Three guys suspended. I'm like. Oh, the Switzer! It's Switzerland. The Swiss. <laughs> when did the Swiss become the Broad Street bullies? Well, they 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 have become the Broad Street oh, bullies. Oh my goodness! They've played all the best countries. Very tough. You oh, go back to even the Olympics. Even the, of, put the score aside. That, that's fifteen they, minutes of shorthanded play. That's right. They they they've uh, they've competed with Canada in the Olympics and the World Junior and the World Championships, and they're developing some some strong players. So they're a little bit more moxie to their game. I. I remember watching the Norwegians in the 2010 Olympics, and from that team we got Matt Zuccarello Austin. Right, his name right. was he right. had a right. hyphenated last name, and now it's just Zooks. Yeah. But it's too long for you and yeah. I to say. But, <laughs> but you know, at, at the time you're looking at these players, you're thinking, ah, oh, you know, they're from Norway. How tough are they going to play? But a hard hockey player comes out of the corner with a puck, no matter where they're from, and and if I mean not no matter where they're from, but you appreciate the way they play doesn't matter where they're from right. if they're hard on their stick and they come out of the corners and they battle and they push back you gotta love it right no i agree you gotta love that you you've seen this develop uh complete turnaround and i love the i love listening to like like chelios who's so competitive and kachuk and guys like that talking about their dislike for hockey canada hmm. it's awesome it's awesome because there's a rivalry and it's it's now it's established in the chase house it's firmly implanted and embedded in our house uh with the boys taking the usa side yeah my oldest is kind of he's on the fence my youngest he won't even you know he is That's, american but he's, and, he's he's grown up right here in the he's United an american yeah, he wants right. to be a, a navy seal he wants yeah. to be a policeman he wants to be an fbi he wants to be part of the u.s culture um, where my wife completely rattles them all, just getting them because she is all can. Oh my God, red <laughs> and white. And the leaf is flowing. So it's it's it is it's kind of hilarious at the uh, the banter that goes on in the Chase household. But you, but you go back to the night. You go back to the '96 World Cup, where well, that's where it started. Where Chelly and Keith yeah. Kachuk and the, the stick swinging with Keith Kachuk and and uh, Adam Foot. Yeah. The just the the USA winning. Mike yeah. Richter versus Cujo in the yeah. net. The Greatest players in the world were playing in that best of three, and 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 in Canada, the USA wins that. Yeah. I thought that was going to catapult them to even you know higher. Like that was that was ninety six. Well, then you had the Olympics the, in ninety eight. Then you had 
You know, 2002, they win a silver medal. Canada beats them in Salt Lake City. But I think it has catapulted them. I I do too, yeah. And I think that's the greatest era of talent that so far that the USA has ever seen, Mm -hmm. is that group of guys, for whatever the reason. Chelios, Suter, Kachuk, Kachuk, Amante, Ronick, Leclerc, phenomenal players, Phil Housley, Hall of Famer. Their fill-in players were guys like Scotty Young that had just come off. I forgot about Mike Madonna. Right, Mike Madonna that had just come (laughs) off 30 and 40 goal seasons. You know, when you got Leachy and... Dougie Waite. Dougie Waite. Leachy and and and, and uh, Chelly on the back end, and you know, it, it to me, you look at the way that the the game has grown because of those guys, mm-hmm. and I think it's phenomenal. I think, you know, and I love there's a rivalry. I love the banter around the locker room at this time of the year with the World Juniors and guys mm-hmm. uh, talking about you know what they need to do as far as you know being consistent with with their team and 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 not. You know, even when our team gets pounded, we have the pride. The Swedes have the pride, uh, and the banter in the room. I think it's hilarious. So, uh, do you think that, it's like Finland and Sweden? Do you think, oh yeah. or is our countries are just too big? Like, you know, Finland's the little, you know, the step. You know, I, I hate to say this and make it sound derogatory, but the redheaded stepchild on the side over there. Yeah. They battle big Sweden, yeah. and 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 those Finns are so damn gritty. Well, it's like the Czechs they and the Slovaks. Like the Czechs Ooh, and the Slovaks. They do have a dislike for one go. another. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Czechs and the Russians, they, you know, there is a little bit of a distaste there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great. I think it's great for the sports, the banner. And I think I'm looking forward to this World Cup this summer. Uh, I think it's I'd like the I'd like the USA hockey fans to put more pressure on the USA players and teams. Yeah, team. I like that too. Do you know I've, what I mean? Because in, in, like this is the difference. And one of the reasons why Canada has been able to win the close games is just the pressure of going home and disappointing people. No, I agree with they that. They can't hide anywhere. I, no, I agree with that. And I, and, I, and I happen to think, too, that one of the things that, that's most impressive with me now is, is, is seeing the disappointment that the guys have put on themselves. Not, not, not coming from the outside. Mm-hmm. The disappointment that they've put on themselves. Like I they've let people down. Like they've let somebody down. Yeah. And I think that's important. Because uh, they have their aunts, their uncles, their nephews, their, sure. brothers, I mean, hey, their friends, their it, neighbors. coming back, especially when Everyone's the, watching the emphasis it. is put on this U.S. development program, which, you know, you can like. There's people that, that are, yeah. you know, against it and people that believe in it. But to me, you know, I think you're, you're doing, you spend a lot of money on a, on a certain group of kids just to compete in, in, in tournaments to represent your country. And it's great for kids to look forward to. Do I think you need to spend four million bucks on, or whatever the budget is for, for 40 athletes? I think that's crazy, in my opinion, because if you put that four million into growing the game, I think the game would grow quite a bit, you know, quite a bit uh, uh, differently. But, uh, you know, again, it's just one of those things that, you know, that, that if, you, if you were. If you were just, you know, going about your business uh, from a from a business perspective, I don't know how much it grows the game because you, you are getting the best players to play with the states, but yet the competing countries have their best players playing in major junior and other places. So I think the world junior tournament is really the best stage to gauge where your top players are at. Yeah, I, I do too. I was, I was asking Doug Armstrong uh, about the uh, the tournament this year because you know, I mean, so many scouts are there, but it's really it's 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 really already um, uh, drafted players. You know, the older drafted players are, are already there and uh, already um, secured by NHL teams, for the most part, the top prospects that are there. Right. But um, don't you think it's great that, uh, and this goes back to in, in Canada, you know, starting on Boxing Day, December 26th, right. everybody at, at TSN's owned the rights to the World Juniors, and they've done a phenomenal job for, for decades in, in, in bringing it to the people uh, like it's the biggest tournament on earth, which it is, but it's 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 must watch TV. I agree. And now I, you know, NHL Network over the last 
I'm going to say five years, have done a good job of sending their own play-by-play uh, guys over there. Uh, Steve Mears goes over right. there, and they get, uh, in years past, it's been EJ, but depending on where, where they are. But to bring that American well, side and the American, not slant, but you know, showing all the USA stuff. And I've noticed on NHL Network, uh, more commercials about, uh, did you notice this? College. Yes, college, college hockey, hockey but, but listen which is great. But I think, I think that's where Canada makes a huge mistake. If I was the Canadians, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would be doing the exact same commercial. With the Ontario League or the Western League or the saying, Quebec League, Major Junior you know, Hockey. I felt like, yeah. yeah. Hey, I, you know, take your best athletes, your Patrick Canes and guys like that, that are your best players that have gone to play in Canada and prop them up. Yeah. And they're always trying to recruit U.S. players. For sure they are. The best players. Like, no better, no better ground than on an NHL network because every, every kid in the United States watches the NHL they, network. Absolutely. I got an odd question for you. One of the players asked me this the other day. Kevin Shattenkirk asked me this. He said, why do the referees not follow mm-hmm. the teams that just played on back-to-back nights, especially when they know it's a division or conference rival, so they have a history of what's going on in the game? Couldn't agree with them more. Does I, that make too much sense? I couldn't agree with them more. I, um, I, I felt like that way during playoff series as well. But let, let's, just, let's just keep this as it is right now. Most teams have 13, 11 to 13 back-to-back situations, right? Yeah. But not, not all of them against the same team. Very unique that the Dallas Stars come into St. Louis, and then 22 hours later, you're dropping the puck again with the Dallas Stars. Uh, three games have been chippy. Rivalries have been began, yeah. starting with the two captains fighting right. uh, in game one of this year. Um, and last year, Jamie Benn and, and David Backus fought. You, you know sparks are flying. They're two of the best teams in the NHL. I could not agree with them more. Could not agree with them. In fact, I cut the second game of this one, in case you missed it, Brad Martell was the only referee. Because, Rob Martell, yeah. I mean, Rob Martell, because Brad Meyer right. couldn't get in. Right. He was stuck. I like the one referee <laughs> for the second well, game. I like, it was, I like the idea of one referee. But, I didn't like the referee. Okay, that's, but, that's yeah. That, but, but that, was, I, that was a tough one for I, Rob yeah. Martell. I agree with you. But you know what? I really think it's important. I think that it helps you understand, you know, and, and people could argue the fact, well, it, it starts them out on a fresh foot. You know, they, they get a whole new yeah. viewpoint. To me, understand the emotion. One of the biggest pet peeves I have with officials, and I think as a whole they do a pretty good job, but one of the things is I don't like yelling back at when referees uh, – put on a show to a player or won't have a conversation with players mm-hmm. okay because you because you have to understand there's how much emotion there is as a player okay so the referee i need you to have a little bit thicker skin mm-hmm. and then when you do i got to be able to take it as a player players should not whine about it and take it mm-hmm. but on the flip side of it if you don't understand the game within the game and the emotion that goes on after three games against the team you're not doing your job. You're no. not, you haven't done your homework. That's right. And you don't have a feel for the game of hockey. That's right. Or you've never played it at a level where that emotion is, or you're not the type of personality to have that kind of pit in your stomach. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what it's like to be anxious mm-hmm. about a game. And you have to understand that the players, if the referee's doing a big playoff game, you have to understand that that pit in your stomach as a player is 10 times greater. 10 times greater. Okay? So that little bit of anxiety you have because you've got to officiate a game... It's ten times greater in a player, because when the when the when the cup's handed out, and the and the and, the, and you know everything goes, nobody's going to remember the referee's name. No, that's that's very true. But so, if you so throw that puck up so, the middle, so why would why would we not have in that situation? So you know what we're going to do? I'll tell you what, we're going to ask that question 
to yeah. uh, Steve Walcom and to let's just you know for next week. Yeah, let's we're gonna we're gonna bring the people an answer on we're that. We're gonna get an answer and from and, Steve and just, Walcom, who's and, a great guy yeah, by the way. Yeah, and does awesome, a fantastic yeah. job. And you know what? I, Colin Campbell would have some great thoughts on that too. I mean, he's been a player, he's been a coach, obviously he's been an executive, he's been he's been everything in the NHL, and he's got an old school feel for things yeah. as well. But uh, he, he, I, I, I was I was uh, listening to that conversation, and then Shaddy kind of looked over, and and. Uh, he said, I don't even mind, what, what, you know, it's back-to-back. Have the referee come on our plane. Yeah. You know, have one referee come on our plane, one referee go on Dallas planes, or on the Dallas plane. One linesman on ours, one linesman on theirs, and uh, and, and make that work. And, it makes uh, sense because, you yeah. know, you're not, you know, you're just, it is what it is. You're not trying to, I wonder what Army, you know, I wonder what the GMs would think of that. Well, they, they I, I know what the league's worried about, and I've asked this question in the past because we've buddy, had it. Buddy system? No. No? No, the opposite. They're worried about somebody's emotions saying something on the plane to one of the officials because of something oh. that happened in the previous game. Yeah. Which... No, it'd be you and me would say that, well, not a player. <laughs> how do you keep John Tortorella's mouth shut when a referee's sitting there uh, and, 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 he's, and he's just had the, you know, you know what his M.O. and his emotions or, are about? Yeah, you're, no, you're right. I mean, it could be anybody. And I, I'm, I'm making just... It could, it a, could guy be like Doug, a guy like we Doug Armstrong... Has sense about him and would keep calm. And even though you know he might put it in a different perspective, a guy like Kenny Holland, yeah, you know, Claude Julian, guys like that. But you never know if one. But you never. It just the, takes the fire one, in the one, belly. Yeah, that's one right. incident because of the emotion, yeah. and that's a problem. Yeah. Now, I certainly, I think it's crazy that the, that we would go and we would have and not take some. There, where are you going? Oh, I'm flying. I do your game tomorrow in another city. Yeah. Well, get on the plane. Yeah, I know. The game's makes, over. Makes sense. Let's, makes sense. Let's get the, the give the referees the most the the, the best chance at refereeing a great game. And, 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 and having respect for them. And that's right. Yeah. Well, here's, here's how you'd answer the thing. I'm, you, you mentioned a guy like Torts that has shown volatility in, in the past. All it takes is for the, for if, if, if it was, let's say it was Hitch, it takes Doug Armstrong to sit down with Hitch before, hey, the referee's coming on the plane. Everybody, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is how it goes. Just right. go there. Right. The same thing with anybody else. I think that could be handled very, very well without having any type of uh, issue whatsoever. So... Well, but it makes sense. It's common sense, and it would have been nice in that in that in that uh, series with St. Louis and Dallas because Brad Meyer wouldn't have got stuck in Austin, Texas. It's we wouldn't, we wouldn't be pl- stuck with the one. The crazy referee. part about it is one official came from the same place he came and made it. Right. Donnie Henderson also, I believe, lives in Calgary, right. and he made it. So somebody didn't take the correct flight. Hmm. Hmm. Huh? That little. linesman, Donnie Henderson, made it. Well, just I yeah. asked Donnie, you know, because I was, I, I, there's a little between the benches spot there, and I asked him just before the game, hey, are you, are you guys, in a one referee, two linesman system, are you guys able to make calls and help out? Mm-hmm. And he said, nope, just only the double minors. Okay. So, because I, I, I thought that was maybe an interesting, you know, maybe they would add that on, saying, okay, well, we haven't had a one referee system for a long time. It's maybe it's tough to catch up, or right. you know, for. Because if the linesmen were able to make a few calls, <laughs> there's a few things going on in that game right. that uh, that would have been called. But I think that it made it for a game in which if you had it was just a bad chance, this was the game. Yeah, you, you have an issue with somebody, yeah. player A, player yeah. B. I yeah. mean, I, I think I thought Jamie Ben put on a clinic in that game. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I agree I, with you. I thought he put on a clinic because he knew that he could get away with it. Our, but not not saying that anybody on the Blues didn't get away with stuff. But it was one of those games where if you're going to do it, this is the one got a yeah. free pass i agree with you i agree with you yeah. all right well listen uh we're going to be back in a second here on chasing pucks with panger uh you're listening to nhlpodcast.com darren pang kelly chase panger 40 at panger 40 and at chasing pucks 39 so let's roll back in a minute 
Hey guys, it's the Ocho Man with the show Ocho Man Behind the Eight Ball. What can I say? This show covers it all from sports, politics, whatever's out there of interest. We cover it all. Our co host, we got Darman. I definitely feel that he's got a bomb shelter somewhere with right wingers hanging out, ready to take over the world. And on the other end here, I got uh, Nick. Uh, Nick's an alien. I really believe that Nick landed on this planet. Uh, re-educate us all you might say again check our show out every friday i'm sure you'll love it also to find out more about our show go to ochoman.com i'm sure you won't be disappointed um you know what's really weird is that uh george bush doesn't remember where he was on the uh, assassination of john f kennedy so what are you what are you saying then that's a thermal a nuclear reaction a nuclear no, charge I'm saying or? that by the, the way I if you are the government and you are the <laughs> we don't agree intelligence, with that. if you're in the IRS you just saw the Ocho and Armand did not come up that's with that's right and I pay my taxes on time yes, every yeah, year I don't need the IRS on me that's again. right did you hear about this guy since we don't want him that we've had enough pauses today you, you did you know you did realize yeah, you that, did get the memo right yeah no more pauses so I'm going to bring up a, a very interesting story I'm, I'm glad you shared that with everybody. Everything that I tell you and behind closed right. doors, you bring it up well, on the show. When they're silly, yeah, I bring it up. All right, I thought go our ahead. listeners would be amused ass. by your ineptitude. Um, apparently, I, I, I get a boner. Don't you tell me I don't. Not impotence, ineptitude. All, All right. right then. And, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back inside our studio here down at Scott Trade Center and my good buddy Craig Conroy joining me on Chasing Pucks with Panger. Uh, we're uh, glad to have you in, buddy. And uh, you're, you're now Assistant General Manager of the Calgary Flames. Now, when Craig Conroy was sitting in the locker room across the hallway, is that something that ever dawned on you? Hey, I'm going to be running, I'm gonna be running uh, all the young guys with the Calgary <laughs> Flames at some point. No, never. I mean, honestly, uh, I think right towards the end of my career, I think guys started getting into it more and more. Right. You know, I kind of thought you might got into it for a little while. Oh, I mean, yeah. you're great on this side, but uh, I think you'd be great doing what, you know, if you came over to the dark side too. I think I'd like to, but the only w- way that I would do it is if I was working for someone that I really trusted and really liked. So when you're a general manager somewhere... I trust you, and I know that I like you. So you know what? That's where I'm starting. Okay. I'd be the first call. You, you ever hear the story about Burge with with Dale Talon? No. When he Dale Talon, when Burge got out of the Mark Bergevin got out of the uh, got out of the hockey gig, and he was going to start working in the business. He he phoned Dale Talon. He said, "Hey, Dale, I want you to know that I'm uh, I'm uh, going to start sending out my resume, and I'm going to get into the hockey business, and I want you to know that you made the list." <laughs> that sounds like Virgie for sure. The you're the lucky enough. You're lucky enough to have lucky. me send me your resume. <laughs> Dale Town told him the other day. He's you know, then as you know, Florida's on quite a roll. Dale Town told him the other day. He goes, "Hey, Burge, you know my contract's up, and I want you to know, you made the list." <laughs> general manager. Now the Florida Panthers at the time. Dale was with the uh, general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, and of course that's where Burge got started. And uh, now he's. Have you been in his? Have you been to Montreal and talked to him at all? I've been to Montreal, but never been to his office. No. Well, his office actually looks over the city, and you can see the church he was baptized in, and the apartment that he grew up in. That's imagine amazing. being a Montreal Canadian, and that I mean, you know, Guy Lafleur was his favorite player, and 
And, 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 and of course, it's like a religion there. I mean, for him to be in charge, that's amazing. He's done a great job. He's done a great job. But I mean, now yeah. again, come on. To look out every come day Come on, and if see you were going to say in the locker room, this guy's going to run. Okay, everybody in here is going to run the Montreal Canadiens. I, I mean, and, and yet, you know, he, he, had, he had that great sense of humor, but yet he, he certainly had an intellect about him. Oh, yeah, he knew the game. I mean, he knew it's funny and his, he'd joke around, but he knew when it was time to get serious and when it yeah. was time for the game, he was ready to play. And that's what made him special, and that's what's kind of carried him on. You know, he can be light and lively. You talk to all the guys that work for him. He's still the same, but when it's time for business, he's, he's there and they work hard. Let's talk a little bit about the transition for you because you 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 know you were you were traded from St. Louis, which was really tough on all of us guys. I mean, we had this tremendous uh, respect for the way you came to the rink in a positive manner at all times, and and then of course you know we we would go on the uh, you know go in a spurt where it wasn't going well, and you were positive about things. You got traded. How hard was that first trade? That was tough. I mean, I think even... Well, I mean, you came from Montreal, but, the, but, but with yeah, the big Yeah, but club. for real, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, because we were such a tight-knit group and we were having such great success during the regular season. Yeah. Every year, and then we'd get... It was with Detroit, the one year yeah. against the President's Trophy was San Jose. And that was the most disheartening thing was that we couldn't win for the city of St. Louis. I mean, they deserve a Stanley Cup. And, you know, I think that's that's a thing. And I thought I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted to be here when they won that cup. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're traded and, you know, my wife loved it here. I loved it here. You know, we were in Philadelphia. We were in Philadelphia. Yeah, we played Detroit here. And, uh, you know, I remember thinking, I talked to Larry right after there and he said he was going to do a little piece with my daughter, Taylor, and we were going to do it on the Jumbotron when we got back. He's like, hey, can I put that on the... And I'm thinking... Oh, that'd be great because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be staying here. Right, then. right. But uh, yeah, next day I got the call in Philly and uh, off I went to Calgary. It was a tough day for us guys because we, we knew how much you meant to the, we knew how much the city meant to you, but we knew how much you meant to our team. And, and that's not a slight to, to Corey Stillman, but, but uh, it was a big, it was a big loss. And it was kind of, I want to say it was a little bit of dismantling with different characters and, 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 and that was w- what made it tougher for us guys, because you never want to lose a teammate or a friend, and that that was the hard part about it. But you had, but it transitioned you into a different type of player. You went to Calgary, and you got a different role. Yeah, I mean here, obviously a third line checking role. Uh, you know, I'd put up a few points here and there, but I think when I got to Calgary, Greg Gilbert said, "Hey, I had you in the minors. I know you can play way more offensive. You know, I still want you to play well defensively, kill penalties, do everything, but you're going to play with some." Good players here in Calgary. Now, you played with Gibby here, did you not? In St. Louis? Uh, no, or, or you just I, missed him? In Worcester. No, I in just Worcester, missed him. Right. So, in Worcester, he was my coach for five games, and right. I think I had 13 points in those five games. Right, so, he right. was like, I, I remember what you did in those five games. I know you have more in you. You know, hey, you guys won every game in St. Louis, so you didn't, they didn't need you in the power play. They didn't need you to put up numbers. But here, we right. need you to start to think offensive a little bit more and still play sound defensively. So that's what got me got me going. And Mark Savard got hurt game three or four. And then I got to play with Jerome, and uh, he scored 20 goals in 20 games. And, you know, that was pretty much it. The line was uh, not broke up for, you know, until I got traded away or went and signed as unrestricted free agent uh, in L.A. How did that come about? Because... Because, you, you know, you love Calgary, yeah. and Jerome was your your best friend. How did that evolve? It was weird, be, you know, the whole part of me leaving or... Well, just, yeah, like not well, signing in Calgary. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Daryl after the season, and, and Harley Hotchkiss and the owners were real. The, you know, they were real. It was all about the lockout. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't want to sign anyone long-term. We don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know. So they offered me a one-year deal, and... 
I had four-year deals out there. I had a three-year deal actually in St. Louis. I, Connie, I, you could have come home. I know, I know. I was close. I was close. But, you know, it was one of those where, you, you know, sometimes you just can't go back. But I would have loved to come back. But when two of the teams offered four years and I thought with a lockout, right. it might be a whole year, they were saying. So you're like, well, I better take my... I better take the longer deal. Right. And that's what it came down to. And Dave Taylor, I'd known since I was a, a little kid, and he went to Clarkson. I went right. to Clarkson. So we had that connection, and I just felt comfortable. So I ended up signing with L.A. But yeah, it was a hard day to leave. I mean, we'd go to Game 7, lose the Stanley Cup, Game 7. I wanted to go back. I mean, everybody. But it was such a big turnaround. And even when I got back, most of the guys that were there were already gone. So, right. you know, and we had a – hey, we didn't have superstars. We had Kiprasov and Naginla, and the rest of us were, like, workers and right. that's what but we knew everybody we had fun a great team right and we believed hey you know we don't care if who, whoever scores whoever does well but we're going to block shots we're going to compete we're going to stick up for each other and we'll see what happens and you know one game away from the stanley cup was was pretty impressive for that group i was doing the series for espn when you guys played vancouver in it and you were down three to one i think in that series yeah and you came back and you won it how how much energy do you think you guys drew because the city went crazy well, it was amazing. Like, literally, we hadn't made the playoffs in seven years. So we're, I was sitting in the locker room, game one. And it was, I was like, what's that noise? It was probably an hour and a half before the game. I walked out full, full. I'm like, I mean, it gave me goosebumps. I'm looking. It gives me goosebumps right now. And in, and before when we had it, they the top sections were tarped off. Like, right. we didn't, so they were all tarped off. That's the first time I've ever seen the tarps gone. And, like, people were just packed. Right. You know, and they right. were having some beers and cheering and it was pretty exciting so i mean i think emotionally just that first game and then hey they thought we might play four games and be done so they were gonna party and have fun and, and right. just run with it and then as we kept winning it just kept getting more and more and to win that first series it was unbelievable well i could i remember doing the pregame um before the anthem just just prior to the anthem and i couldn't even hear myself think and i kept saying to the producer listen I go, he goes, stop, stop yelling. I said, I can't hear you. I can't, I couldn't hear myself. It was the craziest thing. And I think I was doing the game with Joe Beninati. And, uh, and, and, and they had sent me there. Uh, Dwayne Rolson had started rolling, really had started to do some stuff. And, you know, it's like anybody, your first time on and you get a playoff game. And uh, Tim Scanlon called me. He said, help. I need some help. I need you to come. I remember I was at my son's uh, birthday party. And he goes, I need you to go to the airport and get to Calgary. I need help. We're, we don't have any analysts. And uh, I got there, and then I'm thinking, they bring you in to do a good job. Right. And you stink because you can't hear yourself think. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. I couldn't even hear myself. And he, go, he goes, Chaser, uh, I want to say it was Roth, Mike Roth, that was producing. He goes, you got to stop yelling. I go, I can't hear myself. I can't hear the guy that's talking to me. I don't know the questions. He'd stop talking. His lips would stop moving, Ben and Adi. So I'd start talking. I couldn't hear what he was saying. I had the same thing. Game three, I did it before, and I was like... What, what is he? I'm like, what is the question? I can hear, but it was so loud. Yeah, that, and I'm like, I couldn't hear what you said. I'm sorry about that. You know, that was it. I was just, I just knew what we were going on with. And when he'd stop talking, I'd answer. I have no idea if he'd asked, if it was, had any correlation to the question. I was just answering what I thought we had talked about in a pregame show. And that was it because I couldn't hear anything. Then you guys come back 3 1 and win this series, and the red mile explodes. What was Explodes. that like? It was amazing. I mean, we talk a little bit. Tell people what that is, first of all. You know, it's 17th Ave. It's a street in Calgary right by the Saddle Dome. And, and there's bars, restaurants. And, 
you know, it just became the the place to kind of go after the games. And I mean, you'd have a hundred thousand people out there. Like it started with about 10, 15,000, 20,000, and it just grew and grew. And then it's just the whole street. I mean, and all the way down. I mean, it's a few miles long. So, but people would just be out there and they'd be partying, you know, right to the wee hours of the morning. So it was pretty exciting. And, And I think as we got going, you know, I, I couldn't believe maybe the loudest building ever been was in that Vancouver. We, we were up with about 30 seconds of play. They were shorthanded. They pulled the goalie. We just missed an empty net. They come down. They score. T- right. Tied up with like six seconds left. Right. I couldn't even think. Right, <laughs> I was right. on the ice and I'm thinking, what just happened here? We, we should have had this series. Now we're going to go to overtime here. And we scored the first shift, and right. and the place was you could hear a pin drop, right? You know, so it was. Uh, Matt Cook actually came by the bench and stuck his tongue out and like kind of taunted us as he hard went to by. believe Matt Cook. Yeah, did something so like that, eh? I think Isn't if karma a bitch, if he didn't do that though, it would have been. It was instead of being in a state of panic or you know what we just let happen. We're like, did you like? It was more like, okay, we saw him. Let's show this guy, you know. So in the end, he probably did us a big favor. Inevitably, Matt Cook's responsible yes, for you guys going for helping to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, move, let's move forward a little to okay. the finals. Uh, you guys play against Tampa, Tampa, and it was just a hard-fought back-and-forth series. Happy Boone was fantastic. You know, well, they had so many good young players with with uh, Lecavier and Richards being there as well, and. What really was the turning point for you guys where you where you say, where you believed that, hey, we're going to win this thing? And then what happened? What was the difference maker in that? There's always a point. So yeah. Momentum changes lots in series, but there's always a point. Yeah. What was that point? I think the point where we thought we could actually win was in the Detroit series when we were going to Detroit, and they have all Hall of Famers. Right. I mean, I remember Daryl coming in and saying, hey, after the one game, they just – it was like 6-1 or something. It was it – was, almost fun to watch they were that good <laughs> they're playing yeah. against you to yeah you know and daryl came in and said hey let's let's just I, i'll put a sheet here you want a holly autograph connie i'll get you a holly you know well, i'm gonna get you an autograph from eiserman we're gonna get shanahan autographs but we need to start playing like i'll get i'll get you guys all autographs <laughs> you know so i mean it kind of lightened the mood i mean that's what daryl's great at like He's a little sarcastic, and he said it a little <laughs> differently than that. But he's like, I'll get you guys all the autographs. And, of course, Rhett Warner said, I'd like a Nick Lindstrom stick, you know, to break the mood a little bit. But, you know, I think when we end up coming back and being in that series and winning that one, when we beat Detroit, beating that, beat that team, we thought, hey, we can do this. You know, sure, and then, we, yeah. then we beat San Jose. And then even the one thing that probably hurt us is, we had so many injuries. Robert right. Gear was playing with a high ankle sprain. All our it seemed like all our series, their series, they were four and out, four and out. Then they Resting. had a seven game series against Philly, and then they were coming waiting for us. You know, like right. then it was us. So we were battling, battling, triple overtime, double. Right. Over. You like, know, we just so what was there three or four in the first series? Oh yeah, we everything seemed like an overtime right. game. So I mean, and then the next series, overtimes, overtimes, and you know, you're playing. We played the number one team in the the East or in the West, two and three. So we had the top three teams in the West and then the number one team right, in the East. Right. We had the best teams you, you play, and we just ran out of gas. Yeah. You know, and I think even in game six when you know we were up, could have clinched it right, we could have won it at home. And Jelena, which now you look at it, looks like it's a goal. Even Jay was the GM in Calgary said, that does look like it's in, you know. So better technology, and that would have been. It, might, it right. might have been. It would right, have been right. about four or five minutes left, and right. we would have at least had that chance right. to win. And it went. That game went to overtime too, of course. Right. And 
you know, I, I still think going into Game Seven, we still believe like we were gonna we were gonna win that game. And was there any one thing that happened? Was it the Gillen yeah. goal that you would have said that would have that would have made the difference in the series? I think right? that hurt us going into Game Seven because when you lock. Actually, I think JD on the US feed said, I think that's in. That's goal. You know, so our, you know, all the extra players heard that and they watched it and they said, that looked in to all us right. too. So everybody so, thought it was in. I mean, his foot's in the crease, the puck's up flat against his, his pad, and then he kicked it out. Right. So, you know, I think, probably, I, w- I kind of wish. We didn't even know about that, but that's all the reporters were talking about. The, you know, uh, you've yeah, probably yeah. already won the Deflating game. Deflating. Now you don't. have to win another one, and you're like, you're trying to put everything out of your head because sure. you know you have one game to win a Stanley Cup. Right. And uh, you know they came out, they they got a couple quick goals on us, and you know even I think I scored with about eight minutes ago, and we had a great chance. Jordan Leopold had a great chance. I thought he actually tied it up with less than a minute. Abby Boone came across, made a great yeah. toe save. So yeah. you know. I don't think we ever thought, even when it was over, I thought, I still thought we were, I'm like, it's over? But, I mean, it came to that point where, yeah, I don't think there was ever doubt. We always thought we were going to win it, really? which was what made that team kind of special yeah. with the guys we had and, you know, just disappointing because it would have been a, it would have been a great party in Calgary. Well, I'm sure you guys had your fun <laughs> right after that. And you know what the funny thing is, is when you when you win championships, and I've been lucky to be part of, you know, in, in every league actually, but this one in the National Hockey League, you ne- those teams are the closest teams. When you go that far with a group, those are the teams that always generally end up sticking together. You run into the guy and it's like you, you just saw him yesterday. It totally seems like that, that. Was that how this group is? Well, it was. You know, I think that's how this group was. But I also think even though we didn't win with the Flames or with, with St. Louis here, yeah, that's a close I, I feel like that group. You know, yeah. like it's it's weird. Even though we didn't win, yeah. I still when you see, you know, if I see Al or I see Bird, you know, wherever right. you see the guys, yeah. you just feel fun. like it's such a, you know, because we knew what we had here and yeah. we couldn't do it, but which was disappointing. But I think we were all so close. That's what made it such. Well, a you know, what's funny thing. is when we started out when Joel first got here, we were nobody thought we were that good. We no. were huge underdogs, and then to win the President's Trophy. Everyone got on the bandwagon, and maybe we weren't prepared as well to play in the playoffs because we were so young. I don't know, but it, but the, but the thing was is that I don't think there wasn't a whole lot of people believing in us when he first got here. No, for sure. You know, and that and that was the nice thing. I mean, I remember him coming in saying, "Hey, we got a much better team than everyone gives us credit for, and we're going to prove." You know, everybody picks us, you know, way, way down. Right. Hey, that's okay. That's, let's that's let's just show them. Yeah. No that's one. And we just win, win, win. I mean, when I think of the decor, when, you know, now oh, we only needed back, two. I know. It was, it's Pronger, pretty. McKinnis and whoever else there. was out there, no disrespect to Bergie and all the other guys, but, you know, Jamie Rivers, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sugar. And, 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 and the great thing about it, managing certain personalities was a guy we just lost in Jimmy Roberts. Yeah. And he just did a great job of managing those that person. He used to say he's got a real tough job. He's got what, it, what Pronger plays 35 minutes, McKinnis plays 35 minutes. There's 120 minutes in a game between the two defensemen, 60 minutes each. They eat up 70. He's got four other players that got to play 50 <laughs> minutes. Tough job, Jimmy. He was the best though. At he was the best. You know, and everyone loved him. He was a classic old school with those little gloves those practices practice without a puck Cully's like this is the dumbest practice I've ever seen <laughs> did you see when he passed away Joel Quenville in Chicago they did it they did that 
They did the practice. I didn't without see it. the pucks and the, yeah, they did oh. the practice in memory of Jimmy Roberts. He sit and they came in and and, and Joel <laughs> talked about it. His good friend Jimmy Roberts is you know having a tough going. I think it was either just when he passed or just before he passed. Uh, it was a it was a great tribute to Jimmy that the Chicago Blackhawks did. Well, listen, now you've evolved. You're 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 in the management side of it. How hard was it to know, especially when you got into it? You were still, you know, yeah. you're pretty close to some of the players still and stuff. So how hard was that transition, or was it? That was tough. You know what? I mean, I think when I because I I retired during the season right after, uh, I guess it was the All Star game. So I, I retired right after the All Star game. They it was either I was going to the minors or retire and start you know, my next, next career. I mean, it, I was almost 40 years old. So I'm thinking, okay. That's a long I, career, Connie. Yeah. I go, I'm pretty much done now. So to go in the minors, Jimmy, you know, play for wanted me to come down. He's like power play this, that I said, I don't want to take a young guy's spot. I right. said, so, you know, but it was hard. I, I tried to quickly jump in and wasn't acting like myself. I remember I was walking through the locker room one day and Jerome said, seriously, like, who are you? And I'm like, what? And it was just us. And he goes, Hey, you just got to act like yourself. You can't be, you know, I go, well, I'm trying to keep my distance and not That's sure. the stupidest thing I ever heard. Larry Plo used to come up with that, that crap. And you know what? I don't know who breeds that into people, yeah. but that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You can't go and meet with a guy that you've been friends with for 10 years because now you're in management. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. And, and, and that's what it came down to. Obviously, you know, and, and we, I talked about it. I go, you're right. I go, I don't know why I'm doing it, but you know, you have that Daryl mentality, right. the Sutter. Crazy. You know, so he said, hey, you're buddies with all these guys. Like, you don't have to be a jerk and no. come down and be pissed off and a hard ass. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm trying to what if we have to trade you so what he said so what he goes we all know we could get traded i could get traded you know i what have no great trade advice for you know for Jerome again. yeah so he said don't worry about it like yeah. you come down here you know there's this side when we're at the rink and if yeah you got to do what you have to do on your side and whatever it is trades signing guys the contracts you know then that's the business side but like in general, when we're you're hanging out, we're down here. Like we're gonna go to dinner, and we're gonna our families are still getting together at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I said, oh for sure. And you know, I think that was a good learning curve for me. That hey, there is a different side. Probably the only mistake I, I feel like I made early on. Rene Bork just signed a six year deal, and he said, you know, should I buy a house? I said. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it going anywhere. Next year you get traded. So, uh, <laughs> and he said, thanks for the advice, Connie. I'm like, uh, yeah, we bought a house in the Calgary market. He yeah. would have been fine. So anyway. he made money. So everything was good. Don't but you know what? That. I thought, I think I'm not going to tell guys to buy a house. That was a mistake. <laughs> but I remember when, I remember Larry Plo. I remember you were playing. Um, I just retired. The first team outing was in Phoenix. You guys are at Morton's and I don't get invited to the to the dinner with the management and everybody. And Larry didn't want me there because he said, you gotta learn how to separate yourself from the players. I was crushed. I couldn't believe the, first of all, I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life to start with. If you work and are paid by the same people, what the hell would you go on the air and say something or, or, or let out something that will put somebody in a bad spot? Right. That's the first thing. The second thing is, it's nonsense. It's archaic to think like that. If you can't, if you can't, respect the personnel that works underneath you or works with you and better yet with you and still have a business relationship and a personal relationship you have the wrong personnel or you're the wrong guy that's my opinion right but i believe that i agree you know what i actually but i think it's been instilled in us for so long when you first jump onto that side of the you know you're trying to do you know exactly what you're trying to fit in the mentors yeah, right you're, yeah, you're trying, trying to, to what, yeah so these are the guys that you've kind of watched and you know the daryl sutters and you've seen how they've kind of 
dealt with players and right. you know and i think you're trying to not emulate but you don't want to be like a buddy with them and they're going to look at you like this guy's a joke right you know so you know in the end though now i just Hey, I talk to guys. I understand what they're going through. I understand when they're sitting on the bench. I understand but that's when important. Yeah, exactly. that's important for you to know that. Yeah, and understand. I say all the time, you can't know where you're going if you've never been there before. Right. For sure. Like, I was lucky to win in lots of levels. I think you've won the Calder. Did you win? No, I win? right to the final. I go to the right. finals every time and lose it. <laughs> well, then you lose right at the end. Is, but even to the finals, like <laughs> yeah, but. You think you know what it's like to win, but you don't really know. Like, I think I know what it's like to win the Stanley Cup, but I don't really know. Right. I think I know, but but, but the guy that that's done it, he knows. He knows. So, like, suck that information out of him. Exactly. And, and, and to me, um, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a thing that's changing and it's evolving, I think, in today's game. And I think you're the perfect guy to start that because of your character and the way that you've always handled yourself around people. You're, you're a very positive guy, one of our best teammates, and always welcome back here in St. Louis. But we just spent 25 minutes talking. I could spend another hour with you. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks, Chaser. It's awesome as usual. All right. Jason Pucks with Panger, back in a minute on NHLpodcast.com. Hey everyone, this is Sean Wheelock with Big John McCarthy. We do Let's Get It On podcast every week for Lineup Media Group. On this week's program, we'll discuss the launch of Ryzen Fighting Federation. Big John refereed on both cards and will give us his first-person perspective of the new MMA promotion. If you listen to our show, Sean, you'll get the inside of what it's like to be actually in the cage at times. You'll learn what the guys are like and you'll learn what guys can really do and what they can't, that's what we're all about at Let's Get It On. Plus, we'll be speaking with one of the top cut men in all of combat sports, Jacob Stitch Duran. And UFC founder Art Davey will pay tribute to Emmanuel Yarborough, who passed away last week at age 51, and whose fight versus Keith Hackney at UFC 3 stands as one of the most famous and infamous in MMA history, as Yarborough weighed over 600 pounds. That's Big John McCarthy. I'm Sean Wheelock. Join us for this week's edition of Let's Get It On podcast, first available on Friday from lineupmediagroup.com. Check it out. Well, great stuff there, Chaser. That's uh, I, I, could, I could listen to this guy forever. I great mean, stories, though. Like, How about some of the things? I didn't know he got offered a contract by the Blues before he went to L.A. and said, no, I had to take it. I just felt like with the lockout... It was the right thing to do financially for the family and everything, and I, you know, I really wanted to, you know, I thought it might be my last. So, so I you were with him at that time, and you guys didn't even know. Well, I no, I mean, he told me the story, and I mean, he, you know, he was in Calgary, becomes an unrestricted free agent, goes to L.A., and he said no. The Blues offered him a three-year deal, but L.A. gave him a four, so he had to take the four-year deal, and then ended up, of course, back in Calgary, where where he had most of his success offensively as a player. You know what I like about Craig Conroy getting into management? Yeah. I like the fact that he's, he's a, his demeanor doesn't change. I, I like the Go, fact that managers how, can be like. How about people. his comment? Like that, not good the, people. Excuse me. I I, I want to take, don't take that the wrong way. I, that the managers can have that still that even keel whether the game's won or lost. You, you still treat people well, really well, the like way it, he treats people. Like I said in the interview, I, I thought it was crazy. I remember Larry Plo telling me, you know, oh you can't you can't hang around with the players now. That's the stupidest thing, and that went out with the hula hoop. As I said, I think it's nuts. I've got a hula hoop. I don't doubt that. <laughs> um, you probably got the skirt too. <laughs> but le- but let me. You know what? But, but, but I. But, but.
he said to me, he said, you, you know, you heard him. He said, hey, listen, Jerome again, let's just said, who are you? What are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. Start being you. But, because yeah. he, he thought he should act different because yeah. he was, you know, all of a sudden he was a part of management. And, and, and there is a time, there is a time, I'm sure, that it's got to be behind closed doors. You got to take care of business. But when you come out, you know, you're, the, the reason why he's been successful is because he's got that, that personality that makes everybody feel good. He's got sense. And he's got sense. Now, all that being said, big boy, he has, he's not running the team entirely. <laughs> no, but <laughs> It all you know changes what? a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it when does, but you still team, can have you know? a conversation and say hello in the morning. And those right. are the things I think that are important. So yeah. that's what I loved about that. Let's get on to some of the teams that are trending. Well, now we have teams trending Ooh, up we and we have teams, teams trending, trending down. Let's get rid of the bad. I don't like to be negative, but let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens, the Boston Bruins, and the New York Rangers. Ooh, Montreal. Ooh. Let's start with Montreal for a second. Yeah. On fire to begin this season. Unbelievable. And even when Carey Price went down, Michael Condon came in and, and he looked like he looked like a, another version of Carey Price. They continued their great play. Chaser, they're two eight and zero in their last ten games now. Two Washington Capitals have blown by them. Where at one point Montreal was, yeah. it was dust in the wind. Yeah. Ooh. I well, I look. I mean, your old not, buddy Mark Berger. Not, not not enough can be said about um, about goaltending. I mean, Carey Price. Mm-hmm. Arguably, was up for the MVP in the league already. The first already. twenty games, yeah. first fifteen games before and being yet yeah. they have some, you know. So that'll lead us into a little bit of a trade. They make they make a trade for Ben Scrivens because they don't believe the price will be back till after the All Star break. So they trade him for Zach Cassian. Now, quite people can question: Well, Zach Cassian, why would you give him a chance? You got a goaltender in the minors who hasn't really been successful this mm-hmm. year. He's got a three point four seven goals against. He's he's won two games in his in his ten starts. So when you look at Scrivens and knowing that he wants a chance, it's not healthy for your organization. Getting a guy like Cassian in who's had some personal issues and demons that he had to deal with, he has found a way to listen, work that off. And Todd McClellan's interview I thought was fantastic when he said, it's most important to us that we will be proud of that he's a respectful young man that does the right things as a human being. We know the hockey's there. He's played enough games that he can give us another element that we feel we're missing, which is a big guy that's a physical presence mm-hmm. that can add a dimension that we need. So for us, it was an opportunity to not catch lightning in a glass, to know that there's a guy that's a hockey player in there that had to get some of his life straightened out and, and we believe has, and we support him. Todd will be great with him. Oh, I think he'll be fantastic. I think just that, just that how Todd answered that, because it is... As a as a coach in any league at any age, you are a mentor. You are a father figure. Um, giving a player a hard answer is good for players, but treating them with respect and building them up. I used to have this saying with Brian Kilray: "Boy, boy, there's no coach that I had that could knock you down when you're full of yourself better than Brian Kilray. And there's no coach better that when you're feeling really, really low, that he made you feel like a million bucks and you could do anything. Right. Isn't that what you're? That's, isn't that's that what it's all about? That's what they're supposed to be about. Isn't that, 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 so I that's fantastic. That, so, so I think Todd will be good you know, for him. Zach's a, I mean, he, he's I a know guy the kid. that he's a likable, yeah, yeah, he is. big young man yeah. that's got. He's got a lot of young kid in him, you know? And I know but, he disappointed Montreal. He disappointed Bergie. Yeah. Because they made a big deal for him. They gave up Brandon Prust. They bring in Zach, and he, he screwed up. Yeah. He, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And so now he's gone He's gone to get some get some help. The NHL has been successful in that. Yeah. And uh, um, I, 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 hope, I hope he does well. I think... Uh, 
I'm rooting for him. I like the kid a lot. Now, yeah. Ben Scrivens, on the other hand, as we get back to Montreal, does he help? Does he help the Montreal Canadiens? Is he the is he the guy that's going to turn? Like, can they get you know? Can they ride some part of what he has left in him? He's proven that he's a he's a short term rider. He's proven that he can, uh, you know, that he can give them some life. He's got a great attitude. I mean, if you ever seen Ben Scrivens train and work, and he, he's he um he's 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 got what what a, a second or third goal he has to have, and that is. Uh, great demeanor, a guy that stays out late after practice. The guy wants to fire pucks high at your head. You're going to be out there, and it's not a fun job. But um, but I, I think when he gets in the net, that the players will work hard for him. Fundamentally, Chaser, um, you asked the question, I mean, a one or a two in the NHL. Uh, I think fundamentally, he's uh, he gets a little loose with his game. Rebounds get to be a bit of an issue for him. But uh, he went down to the minors. Not a very Not a very good team down there. Um, I know that his record. What did you say his record was, or his goals against? Three point five. Three point four seven. Yeah, yeah. And he was two six and one, and so yeah. he's obviously pulled in. A, and in all fairness, the team is the, the team's not very good, and and sometimes being in the American Hockey League with a team that's not very good, you're left on your on on an island a lot of times. And I, I bet during all of that that he's probably made several ten bell saves during games and yeah. uh, of the spectacular variety. And now he's got a chance to go back in. He's he's. Uh, you can never have too much depth. I think Montreal found that out. You know, I think that you. you I agree. You, you find out that you I, need depth. Right. You and need defensemen. You need goalies. Right. Something can happen. It could be quickly. So it'll no, be all right. No question. I agree with that 100. percent And and you know, one of the other teams, Boston's just slid a little bit in the last few games. All yeah. of a sudden, they can't score some goals. So the Boston Bruins, we know they've got some injuries. We got Krejci out of the lineup now. That's going to keep him out of the outdoor game, which is a, a blow a to the. Yeah, it is. It really is. And such a class guy. And then of course you got the New York Rangers. What is going on with the New York Rangers? Well, even uh, yeah, on fire at the start of the year, and maybe yeah. was the goalie so good it was masking yeah. the warts? I think Alain Vigneault said that a couple of times. You know, it's uh, uh, you know maybe maybe like Montreal. You know you're. Your, your goaltender keeps you in games. You, you get that belief because you're winning games, but you're doing some of the little things not right. Um, and now the pressure comes on the players. Like, there was no pressure on on, uh, on, on Andre Markov or P.K. Subban early that they weren't putting up points for the Montreal Canadiens. There was no pressure on them because they were winning. Right. Well, now, as we well know in this game of hockey, now you start losing games, and now it's the magnifying glass here, the magnifying glass is there. What are you doing? What are you doing? And why aren't you doing it better? But for the New York Rangers... Tell you something. Last night's game, I found it really impressive. After the game in the third period, Lundqvist gets pulled. Okay, so uh, MSG broadcasting the game, and who do they have in the locker room? In the middle of the locker room, doing interviews, and he must have spent 15 minutes. Henrik Lundqvist. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's a pro, and, and the, he accepts but, responsibility. And he's a leader. And and the t- I don't know. I don't know how they but, did it. John Rosasco is one of their their PR guys that travels guy. with them. Teacher, but but I'm not, I'm not sure if somebody had to say to him, "Listen, you're going to have to answer the bell here," or he just sits in the middle, sits in the middle and says, "Hey guys, fire the questions. I'll yeah. take them when they're good. I'll take them when they're bad. Hopefully, I give you some some uh, perspective well, here on what's going on." But I was really impressed. I cannot again. stand yeah. when players run in the back can't, and hide. You can't I, hide. It, it wears me out, yeah. and I hear, the, and I, well, we all got five PR directors, it seems like, with a team, and they're there to protect the players from the media. Yeah. Now, I've been in a lot of locker rooms, and I've sat in them and, and, and made mistakes, and had this, and I've never once said, boy, somebody come in here and protect me from the media. No, I yeah. said this before. I know. Don't say stupid stuff. Yeah. Accept responsibility. Yeah. 
and tell were, the, and tell yeah. the truth. And so that was my uh, that was my thoughts there on the Rangers that are three six and one in their last ten games. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins, coaching change. But, yeah. They have had uh, I think they've had one practice since the coaching change, like a real practice. And sure. you know we're with the Blues every day. There's not a whole lot of time for practices. You know you you, you and and they've just what do you do there? What's going on right there in uh, in Pittsburgh? Well, the Pittsburgh Penguins to me have been awful all year. I don't know that they're trending down. I just think that they've been they've been they've been they were they've been they've been they've been not very underachieving good all, year. Yeah. all yeah. year. And I just yeah. think that I think that they maybe got ahead of themselves, believing that the that the defense on their team was better than it is. And it's it comes down to goaltending and defense in this league and defending. And then then when you need guys to be creative and make big plays, that's what you need them to do. They need to do that. And to me, you know, until they do that, it doesn't make much. It doesn't. You know, until you have that type of a team, you haven't set yourself up to succeed. It transitions everything too. No if, if you're a great player like Sidney Crosby and Malkin, and even you're going to make the trade for Phil Castle, you know that he's a guy in the neutral zone that that leaves the zone early. In order to leave the zone early, you have to have defensemen that put the puck on the tape. Right. I mean, you know, then you're going to have success. You're going to stretch them out. But they listen. The, there's other than Latang, he's hurt again. Too much pressure on Chris Latang. Not a very big defenseman, and he gets pounded. I mean, what player gets circled more than Chris Letang on the Pittsburgh Penguins? Because if there's no transition and Letang's the only guy that right. can really move the exactly. puck up, then you've got no game. So although Malkin and Crosby are obviously great difference makers on the ice, if they're not getting the puck, then they're not getting the puck. Well, anyway, uh, that Simon Dupre deal, yeah, you know, looks, you know, I mean, it, just at, at the end of it, it's easy to look back on it, but... Uh, He's a good young defense that can move the puck. Even Robert Bortuzzo, who came to the St. Louis Blues for Ian Cole, Bortuzzo, as we have seen, is a real good first-pass defenseman. He won't get the credit. No one's going to, unless you watch him every day and see how much he's improved in that area, he makes a good pass. And so, none of that, he's, he's tough like you read about. The Thunder Bay Ontario native will fight anybody and uh, and and he'll do anything for his teammates. So those elements are uh, really interesting and uh, certainly puts a lot of pressure on Jimmy Rutherford, the real likable general manager there in Pittsburgh, but but he's uh but sometimes you know there, there's little tweaks you think you're making your team to make you better and you lose yeah. sight of, like look at Anaheim. You know, Paul yeah. Marion, Bolesky, uh, a couple of well, little little tweak here, a yep. little tweak That's there. Right. All of a sudden Hagman's a better option for them and all of a sudden Chris Stewart's a better option for them and Hey, well, you know what? We need to get Bieksa because you know, you know, we didn't like what we were getting on the back end out of Bosheman. and boy, yeah. After going to the seventh game on home ice, you were one win away from taking yourself to the promised land yeah. where you needed to be. That's a lot of little tweaks that made a huge difference and an impact on that team. All of a sudden, everybody gets pushed into an area where they're not comfortable playing, or whether it's from the third line to the second or whatever. And now you have the Anaheim Ducks who are at the bottom of the pack, and, and, the, and that, that to me is. Let's talk some good news. The Florida Panthers, Panger. The Florida Panthers. I mean, Gerard Gallant, can you cheer any more for a guy? No, because I love the guy. Love him. Yeah, love the, I mean, there's uh, the guy they call Spud, the guy they call Turk when he, in his playing days in, in Detroit. Um, has gone 7-3-0. They've won six straight. They're in seventh. They're seventh overall in the National Hockey League. These are your new Florida Panthers, I and they're damn good. It. I love it. I love it. How about you know, Alex Barkov? Barkov's doing it. I mean, Ekblad, huh? Yeah. I mean, he's got nine now on the back end. I mean, this kid is a, just a world-class player. Yeah, last I, year's Calder Trophy winner. Love it. Love it. Love it. Eric Ekblad, love it. Um, 
And, and, and you know who else Florida, I cheer for? I cheer for Dale Talon. I was going to say, that's my old buddy, my first my first color commentator. When I was a player, Dale Talon was doing color commentating. And, and to see, you know, where he's – he always – even as an analyst, he was uh, – I remember him. It gets kind of like you and I do during games, you know, because you, you either have a hockey mind or you don't right. have a hockey mind. You you look on the ice and you know what you would like to see or like to have. Right. And uh, I, I mean, I personally knew that he was. I'm not sure about being a GM, but I thought in player development, which is where he started. Yeah. And one of the reasons why Duncan Keith was drafted, he yeah. he changed the entire Blackhawk organization into a transition team because he believed in. Puck moving defenseman. Well, look transition. what they got now. And look in what Florida. they got now. I know. You, know, you can knock, you know, you can oh, say what you want. The only thing they need is the Florida native Shane Gostas Bear. You think that'll be oh, a difference? Oh, my goodness. Gostas Bear. You know, he was to, to grow up in Florida, to be right in the backyard of the Campbell. Florida Panthers, idolized Brian Campbell. And you can right. see that spinorama that he's got. Yeah. Can you imagine him on the back end with that team? Well, I think maybe what they need oh. more than anything might be the native, um, the young Chikrin. Ooh, yes. Hey, Jeff yeah. Chikrin's son. Jeff Chikrin's son, yeah. Uh, at the top of the draft right now. I don't imagine they're going to get him, but yeah. that'd be a fantastic. Well, yeah, they're not not at seventh overall <laughs> <laughs> right now, but congr- congratulations. The Panthers are doing a phenomenal job. We know, we, we, we know the what podcast. the Washington Capitals are doing because they've been doing it all year, so they're trending up. We're going to mention them. The, you know, the same thing with the Calgary Flames. Look at them go. Yeah. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Yeah. They're 11-0 and in their last 11 at home, I believe. Yeah, that's a team record. Imagine that with all, the, with all the great teams they had. They're the 1989 Stanley Cup champions. That's the most they've ever won consecutively on home ice. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at that Calgary Flames team and I'm like, at the way they started, I thought, well, and now we got the real Calgary Flames. And they're like, no, 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 this is, this is how we're going to play. This is how we play hockey and we're going to be successful, um, you know, at it, I mean, a home record of ten and zero, and in the last ten at home, or yep. eleven and zero, twelve five and zero overall for the Calgary Flames. What a turnaround that team has made! I mean, that's fantastic. But again, young guys that play with speed and play the same way the entire team. And MVP candidate Johnny Goudreau. He's going right now. I don't know if he's MVP mm. candidate, but he mm. is going because I, I look at Jamie Ben again, and he just grabs games by the yes. tail. Yes, okay. he does. He grabs it by the groin and says, come and follow Patrick me, Kane, everybody. If he's not the MVP this year, then I don't know. I don't understand the game very well. But up to this point, Patrick Kane's a shoe-in for me. Well, so you got Kane, yeah. Ben, uh, Tarasenko on the St. Louis Blues. Yep. I mean, let's let's yep. face it. This guy's a 22 goals. If he wins the Rocket Richard Trophy and the Blues end up in the top top three teams in the National Hockey League. No question. Man, oh, See, man. Now, I will tell you this. Up until 10 games ago... 12 games ago when before Price was hurt. Price and Lundqvist were two guys that had to be in the running. Yeah, for sure. And all of a sudden, if you start looking at who's going to win, you know, the top goaltender of the year. Uh, I'm Braden, at Braden Holpe. Holpe. Yeah. Braden Holpe of the Washington yeah. Capitals. So yeah. that's that's where it's at right now. That yeah. could change. You never know what the, the yeah. streaks and the way everything's going. But last but not least, let's talk a little bit about the Colorado Avalanche. Oof. I mean... On fire. There's a team that was awful at the start of the year that that didn't make the playoffs last year after winning the President's Trophy. And lo and behold, they had a fall from grace, and here they are. They're back, and they are playing like world beaters. The only team in their conference or their division to beat them so far has been Minnesota Wild when they beat them twice. So with all of the strong teams that there are in, the, uh, yep. in, in, in that division, 
Colorado's having their way with them. And yeah. I think, to me, that's fantastic. I think so. it's good for hockey that Colorado's where they're at uh, because... Well, you, you've got so many young, exciting players that can promote the game. You need them yeah. to be good. Yeah, you've got Nathan McKinnon, um, Matt Duchesne will do everything. Yep. I mean, Jerome McGinley still a, a, a phenomenal hockey I mean, he's player. He's a great story to um, me. Eric right? Johnson, Tyson Berry, uh, Valarmov in net is uh, obviously real good. So, so, so I'm looking. I'm, I'm cheating obviously because I'm looking at this. Well, you're supposed to. I mean, what do you think? Here. I just knew that in my head. Well, yeah, I thought you did. I thought you studied it all night. No, no. So let me see where Colorado has got just one. So they're just out of the wild card right now. With going seven two and one, how yeah. tough is this league? Yeah, it's going five no, five four and one doesn't are, doesn't there, cut it. There are no nights. Going no. six four and zero oh, doesn't cut it. Nope. Going seven three and zero oh, that gives you a chance. Gives you a going chance. eight two and zero oh, that gets you up in the ball game. So Calgary, San Jose, and Colorado fighting there for that uh, uh, fight in Nashville. Nashville right now is just on the uh, on the They're line on the here cusp, yeah. in the in the wild card, and so. that's a heck of a team. That's a good Nashville yeah. team, but yeah. you know that, that that you're hoping that they're they want their compete level to be higher every night too because they know what they're in for. So hey, we're gonna be back in a minute with our text tweet of the week, and this is Kelly Chase, no, Darren Chase Pang on Chase, Chase Pucks it's not and text tweet of the week. Yeah, it's, it's in, a text or tweet of the week. Is it? Yeah. I, well, he texted it, to me and I tweeted it. <laughs> he texted to know, me. I always th- I, I took you, a picture of it and tweeted it. I thought you screwed it up all the time, and I was gonna say no. that. No, so it, it's. It could be a text tweet oh, yeah. of the week. Sure. Okay. All right, All right, big boy. I just want to Our keep you honest. Text tweet of the okay. week right here. <laughs> oh, I have it as tweet text of the week. We'll be back in a minute on Chasing Bucks with Panger on NHLpodcast.com. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Matt Geiger from the You're on the Clock podcast. And if you love football the way I do, but hate hearing about the -the off-the-field drama that ESPN reports every day, then you need to go to ontheclockpodcast.com as part of Lineup Media Group. We give you the best football content every week, and we don't talk about any off-field drama. And we also do a DraftKings contest weekly where the top two players get to take home some money. So that's, once again, ontheclockpodcast.com. Come check us out and let us know what you think. You're listening to Jason Pang on NHLpodcast.com. Hey, we're back here, Kelly Chase, Darren Pang, and we got our text tweet of the week. And Panger, every once in a while, you get fu- there's funny guys in the game. Uh, Garth Butcher was one of my favorites. Just humorous, you know. He, there was stuff that made, you know constantly made me laugh around that guy. But Brandon Bullock's got a sharp tongue and a sharp wit about him. <laughs> and last week, I had my cri- my Christmas sport coat on. You know. You, oh, you mean the the kind of the plaid one that a that plaid I've, one I've seen you go between chasing, the benches? Yeah, yeah. yeah. At Chasing Pucks 39, there's a picture of it and the text. Is that a, a real that jacket? That was sent to me. It's a real jacket. Yeah. But Brandon Bullard didn't think so. He sent me, <laughs> nice coat, who shot the coach? <laughs> now, I was between the benches when it buzzed in my pocket, and I looked down, and I looked again, and I just started laughing. I couldn't help myself but laugh at it. I thought it was a fantastic little blurb. that I got to get out there. I'm like, hey, this kid's got a good sense of humor. and I don't he even was have... a healthy scratch that night. He was. Right? I felt bad for Me him. Me too. I mean, at in home St. here Louis. in St. Louis, just before that's the Christmas a tough break. Yeah, and, that's a tough um, pill to Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. So, so while the game was going on, you, you got a little... Well, I said, are you from... healthy? And I t- he said, yep. <laughs> and by the way, nice coat. Who shot the coach? Who shot the coach? That's our text tweet of the week. And it's a good one. Yep. Why wouldn't good. it be? 
we'll be wrapping up here in a minute. You got it. Chasing Pucks with Panger. Darren Pan, Kelly Chase on NHLpodcast.com. As we do every week here on NHLpodcast.com, alongside Kelly Chase, Darren Pang, love to get the great calls of the week. We choose three of the very best. One in particular I really like, listen to Emmy Award winner John Kelly from Fox Sports Midwest after this great shootout victory for the St. Louis Blues. Here they are, everybody. And clear back to center ice, maybe a two-on-one with Dome. Dome skates in, gives it over to Dome, and there it is, 380. Shane Dome, the greatest goal scorer in franchise history. Connolly there, and it punched away. Placanitz is run into by Max Talbot, and on comes Gallagher up the wing. Watched by Seidenberg, puts one on a cross, score! Pacioretty! And here comes the captain. And a shot, he scores! Through the legs! Fiddler in on Allen. He waits, and a glove save! And winner, winner, Christmas dinner! Well, back here with Darren Pang, and we're Jason Puck's Panger on NHLpodcast.com. And Panger, I wanted, I have a little bit of, you know, our... What, what, dude, really segment? Mm-hmm. What do you got? Let's talk Zach Cassian. We talked about him a little bit in the show here. He's getting a lot of grief from people about why would you take a chance on this guy? He's had personal issues. Why would you take a chance on this guy? I'm kind of like, dude, really? Everybody in their life makes a mistake or two. What's your thoughts on giving a guy like Zach Cassian an opportunity who's, you know, he's battled with some substance issues and, mm-hmm. and, and yet you know that he's got a kind heart He's a good kid, and everyone that's ever had him as a teammate, he said he's a good guy. I would do m- more research than I could, you know, than than utterly possible. You know him, you know his, you know the kind of character he is, right? Um, I dig down real deep here. I, I, yeah, but I, guy, you got to think the Edmonton Oilers did that. That's right, and that's what I'm saying, and that's why if you do your due diligence and you find out. That there's really something there. There's something that made him a first-round draft pick to the Buffalo Sabres. There's something that made the Vancouver Canucks want him and give up Cody Hodgson at the time. There's something that Mark Bergevin liked about him that he wanted him from the Vancouver Canucks. The the likability of someone or what you think he can give to you is often worth the the, the gamble. But in saying that, you don't want to be another team. Uh, on his way to retirement. You you want to, you know, so that's what I'm saying about it. all the due diligence. Find out more. Talk to family members, who he hangs out with, what friends maybe that he's going to have to get rid of. Maybe there's some bad influence in his life that drag him down under. When the birds are chirping and it's four in the morning, it's not a good time to keep going out. You know, you're you're not only doing yourself a disservice, but you're also letting teammates down. You're letting family down. You're letting your coaches down. So all that being said, um, I like where you're heading to because I I I, off, I, I believe in, in in giving somebody another opportunity, um, and and but I believe in going to the right environment. I believe Todd McClellan's going to be terrific for him. I, I believe too. Peter Shirelli's going to be good I, for him as well. So going to the Edmonton Oilers in a in a good old Canadian market uh, like this, he it's not like he's not used to that in Vancouver. Um, his time in Montreal obviously 
poorly spent for Zach Cassian. And, and, uh, and if this isn't a lesson that's learned on the last year of her contract, in a game in which kids in Canada and the U.S. and all over the world would give their eye tooth to be right. members of in this uh, unbelievable 30-team league, um, he's making $2 million this year, Chaser. It, that's a lot of money so, for a guy to waste away. Yeah. If you can't grab a hold of this is his last chance. This is but his I'm last all, chance. But I'm all about giving him that opportunity. And man. so am I. I'm, I'm all and, about and for, it. For somebody, I, 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 th- I know where you're going. I'm a guy that makes a lot of mistakes. That, that's right. I, and, and, I, and I really believe in, in, in good people, you know. Yeah. I think if the heart's in the right place and you're trying yeah. and, you, and your effort and you, you mean well, I think it matters. So here's the bottom line to Zach Cassian. If it doesn't work out this time... <clears throat> I'm coming to get you. Yeah. No, I, hey, listen. I, I'm. No, I'm coming I, to give you. I, I'm. I'm not. If it doesn't work out this time, I hope it. I hope you get your life together. I hope it straightens out. But there's a lot of people that have gone to bat for you. you can't let them down again. That's right. That's it. That's right. So right. go get them. Go big, get them. Hey, big right hander. Patrol the boards. Chip it in. Chip it out. And work hard. Win a cam. Good shape next year. Good things will happen. Yeah. Dude, just be a good player. Be a good, good player. player. Big, big good lower player. half. Big lower half. Big lower half. Go get them, Zach. All right. <laughs> That's Chasing Pucks with Pangers episode of the week. Darren Pang. Kelly Chase. Checking out. This has been Chasing Pucks with Panger, a lineup media group production. Find the show online at NHLpodcast.com, plus on iTunes, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Get access to all of the lineup media group shows at lineupmediagroup.com.